0: It's numb,
1: the
0: um, no, um, and but the uh, the prop 22 stuff, I mean, it uh, it affects me literally. Uh, we were, t- uh, by the way, listeners, uh, it's just uh, it's um, what would, what, what, what do we call it? this? Is a just, uh, this
1: is just a just mario and luigi today <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's uh just david and
0: it's just david and i today um dave and dan gabe had to go uh over to um he had to go over to belarus for a cia assignment let's, yes yes
1: let, let, let's let just say uh that, that that gabe uh found a flight when yeah, <laughs> it was difficult to find a flight at other times of year.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he's he's liberating the Belarusian president um from his his kingdom. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, when 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 we when uh when Gabe and I have a white russian together, uh we have very different ideas about what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, dude,
0: getting getting murdered or assassinated by Gabe would maybe be the most uh That'd be terrifying, like, cause he would. It's like, I feel like he'd be good you, at it. He'd be really good at it. He'd just be like, "I got you, I got you, compadre," and then like, "sla," <laughs> and then just, and you're like, "Oh
1: god." <laughs> yeah, he'd yeah. probably be wearing like really, really nice, like cutting edge, like fashion, and sitting yeah, on his yeah. couch, just, <laughs> just like chilling out, just like reclining, and then be like, "I poisoned you 15 minutes ago." yeah you didn't even notice
0: yeah he would be he'd be a really good bond villain um yeah Gabe would be a fantastic bond villain um
1: yeah Yeah, dude uh he i I recently uh tried to watch uh one of the bond old bond movies that was on amazon just incompre it was from russia with love incomprehensible plot
0: nice and
1: nothing there is i have no idea what happened it was like there's like a shadow there's like a shadow organization uh where the essentially the the inspiration for Dr. Evil is in that one and he has the cat and he's rubbing the cat and stuff like that and the mm-hmm. shadow organization criminal syndicate either does work for the soviets or is betraying the soviets or they're trying to steal a nuclear bomb from the americans or uh they were part of the Americans in coordination. (laughs) I really, there was really no, no, no no real way of knowing because it was just an excuse for Sean Connery to sleep with like the leggy Russian blonde. Yeah. And then there was some hijinks. There was a guy who was like, uh, like a, another blonde Russian guy who worked for someone. I don't really know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And he was trying to kill James Bond and, and, I don't know, there was um a lot of factors, oh and oh, and then their yeah. their gadgets were great uh because it was all pre computer, so it was just like this is a knife that comes out of a suitcase, <laughs> <And>
0: like yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah, 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 it's the stab- ca-
1: it's a stab
0: case, Is yeah. what it is yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, it was uh I don't know, I fell asleep, I don't know what happened, I think James, <laughs> ben, I no, think
0: James uh Smith. the uh y, yeah, I think he was fine actually. <laughs> um no, there's the um yeah, there's like an Ivan Drago like character in that one, right? Who is like, like just like a big Russian guy yes, with like a yes. Yeah. 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 That's all the all about. the all the heavies in early James Bond uh movies end up being like like they're somehow invincible. Like they are impervious to all yeah. attacks unless that attack is like like getting hit by a train. Like that's that's what happened. That's how you yeah. kill one of them essentially.
1: Yeah, it's kinda of, there's always like the er like the id villain, you know, just kind of like the one who used to stab them fifteen times and make their like body explode before they'll actually die. You know, whereas yeah. like whereas like, you know, the, the real like villain is the mastermind and is plotting it all, but they always have like a, a the one really big henchman who you gotta kill fifteen different ways who's half mm-hmm. giant or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's Hagrid essentially. Yeah, uh yeah.
1: Not yeah, evil Russian Hagrid.
0: Yeah, no. I I I'm so glad we're bringing this up because it is of course like now transitioning into the holiday season and this is like you're bringing me back to like 13-year-old me literally watching every single one of those goddamn movies. You've seen them all? <laughs> wow. Yeah, because it was well. Though no, I, I, I'm, I, I think I mix. I missed the George Lazenby one, which is the one one that he did, and I missed a lot of the Timothy Dalton ones, which are the ones that were made in like the late eighties. You're talking about
1: the directors, not the bonds.
0: No, I'm talking about literally the bonds because,
1: yeah, that yeah. Are, th- I just don't know. I know there's pier. I know there's Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore and Sean Connery, and then the new guy. But and, 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 and no,
0: there's no there. It's super goofy. There's there's those three, but then there was like a minute in like the fourth movie, um, where George Lazenby, who was Australian, who like fucked a lot in real life and stuff, and like Ooh. he was like absolutely uncontainable. He was like weird. He only did one James Bond movie. George Lazenby was one of them. And then Timothy Dalton, who did, he did like the weirdo 80s ones in between Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, So he was James Bond for a little bit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really watch a lot of, I didn't watch those ones, but I watched like all the Roger Moore ones, all of the Sean Connery ones, because they just played them on TBS. Like they played, uh, yeah, yeah. They played them all in order, and I watched, I fucking watched all of those ones. And you're right, like some of the, some of those ones in the middle are, like, they're like, have you seen Thunderball?
1: It's pretty fun. <laughs> they're they're like, I would Thunderball. watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I have not seen Thunderball. I really like the I like the espionage shit. I love the little gadgets. I mean, it's just you don't go into a Bond movie to like learn anything. You just watch like vroom vroom boom boom sex cool like there's no like (laughs) yes yes go in and have fun and don't pay that much attention to the, the plot right like there's like there's a point there's a point where literally like uh james bond is in uh this like remote village somewhere and he is he watches these two women fight over who gets to marry the prince of the village (laughs) and and they're just like two hot chicks like beating each other up uh i think they're in like a, a gypsy village uh and they beat each other up and then afterwards after some series of events somehow james bond is sitting at a tent and the tribal elder is like actually james bond we want you to choose which chick? That's <laughs> marry the tribal elder. And he's like, oh, and then he's like, I've got a plan for that. And then, yeah. and then they like, and then they, and then like both of the ladies like look at him and he looks at them and then like lights fade down. And then, yeah, the next, yeah, yeah. And then it's like the next morning, like Sean Connery's like adjusting his tie and it's like, yeah, nice dude. You can't, yeah. like, J- yeah, James, ni- nice. <laughs> James, James Bond just got like prima nocta on the. On that village, it's pretty sweet, dude. Uh, I,
0: yeah, I, I love, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, for the, all the listeners out there, if you want, if you got to, if you, if someone has a, a, has a, a, a gun to your head and they said you have to watch one, one classic Sean Connery, uh, James Bond, watch Goldfinger. Goldfinger is the one to watch. It's yeah, a really good, it, it's, it's, good. Very good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very, it's, it's very good. Watch Goldfinger. Uh, the rest of them are like David said, it is obvious that at some point in the filming process, they literally just let John Connery be the director. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, what there's a, is there a moment where I could hit these women? Like, like?" <laughs> and they're like, ah, it's in his contract. <laughs> like, also for it's people who don't Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't understand what I'm talking about, there's that infamous uh, interview between him and Barbara Walters, where Barbara Walters like, Oh, so you this was like in the '80s where she's like, so you had this like uh this one thing this one um quote where it says every woman uh needs to be hit once or twice and instead of sort of like being like well that was taken out of context he's just sort of like yep. Okay.
1: You did an interview in which you said it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then as I remember you said you don't do it with a clenched fist it's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I,
0: love that. I haven't changed my opinion. <laughs> and, 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 and it's just sort of like, damn, this guy was terrible. <laughs> this guy's, I mean, and, oh, yeah, man. yeah, it's just like, and, and Barbara Walls is like, I don't think I agree with that. And he's just sort of like, I don't care. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely old. It's got old school Joe Biden vibes for sure. Right, <laughs> just, right. I mean, yeah,
1: it, I, I th- like he just, I can't not think of his character from SNL's Celebrity Jeopardy, when I think of Sean Connery. Yeah. uh, And then, like, and also the fact that him and Alex Trebek died within, like, two weeks of each other is just... (laughs) (laughs) That was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, James Bond. Apparently, uh, fucking Sean Connery had dementia or something like that, too. So, I mean... The caretaker, the the things coming out of his mouth <laughs> Bro, I, like, <laughs> in those last two weeks. Um, also, I think on a on a larger scale, I, I think there's something to be said about those movies because, like, uh, American culture vilifies uh, the Soviet Union in really profound and intense ways all the time, and paints them as like this undoable, un- unconquerable foe or whatever. You know that this this clash of cultures between like you know 1950 to 1990 essentially yeah and like we have to remember like the entire time the james bond film series was happening and like their main bad guy very often was like the soviet the soviet union or Russians, yeah, yeah. shit like that fine, yeah. and they just sort of like casually mention it and it's just a great ana- uh, analog to like what that culture actually or, or what was actually happening where it was just sort of like, yeah,
1: well, these 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 two places don't play nice. But,
0: uh, you know, except for the Cuban Missile Crisis, nothing too nothing too crazy going on here. You know, like <laughs> I,
1: I, I would love to see like a James Bond, but he's actually just like starting a proxy war like James <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, like uh, like James like James Bond, like fakes the Gulf of Tonkin peninsula you know attack or whatever. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so okay so we got uh some stuff to we got a uh, two big things to talk about uh, yeah speaking
0: speaking speaking of countries which we do not have a good relation with
1: yeah uh yeah, uh, yeah. and i'm talking of course about uber yeah yeah <laughs> uh the, the silicon valley the the company or the, the country that we don't have a good relationship with so uh, it's not a it's not a state yet <laughs> not a state yet so they yeah. had uh Prop 22 happened. It passed. Now in California, if you are a gig economy worker, you derive wages from one of the apps, Uber, Lyft, TaskRabbit, DoorDash, Instacart. You can. You are not qual- classified as an employee counter to the state legislature passing a law saying that you should have been, which is called AB5. Uh, Prop 22 made a special carve-out just for... Independent contractors who get work through internet-based apps, right it, it is yeah it, it's, their, it's, technological, it's their, technologically explicit
0: yeah, it's their own version of gerrymandering where you got this <laughs> <of a> ridiculous <laughs> district that's just sort of like
1: yeah. you yeah, know exactly exactly yeah so and look, this isn't the first time that like entire swaths of the economy have been cut out of American labor law. like it's important to remember that you know outside of a few states farmers don't have any protections under the national labor relations act domestic house workers don't uh family members you can't unionize against dad which is all we really want to do <laughs> oh man
0: oh my god oh my god dude yeah. i am fucking i'm fucking boycotting my mom <laughs> yeah. and, uh, don't you dare cross that pick don't you cross that fucking picket line <laughs> don't you do it aunt nancy
1: don't get involved in this. See,
0: do not fuck you. You are a scab. <laughs> you are a scab. Oh my god, I'm unionizing my family. This is uh, the best I- This is the best idea you've ever come up with, David. So, uh
1: fam- so those are th- there are some huge uh parts of the economy that are excluded from labor law and in the past that was based off of like racist stuff and now it is uh the advertising for Prop 22 was actually for racial justice, it was all of these advertisements, you know, they uh, to get all of these low-income and immigrant and minority workers who are gigging, uh, they use them as props, essentially, no pun intended, to get mm-hmm. them in their marketing for passing Prop 22, uh, saying, we want this, this is the thing that we want. Meanwhile, they were using coercive tactics, uh, some stuff that I outlined in the last time we talked about this, and also my story for the markup. I've got another piece in the markup coming out this week uh, that's going to be talking about, what they're doing next. Um, Oh, also, it should note that uh, the proponents of Prop 22 literally bribed one of the local heads of the NAACP to come out in support of Prop 22. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'll add add that in later. It'll be great. It'll be great. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: is not a... That's not like a... That's like a pretty well-reported and well-documented fact. So where we're going next, basically. Uh, Mm -hmm. After it happened... The CEO of Uber, uh, Dara Kosraushashi. <laughs> Dara- Crap, sorry. Dara
0: um, <laughs> K- uh, Kardashian. Dara- I, tra- I Kardashian. usually feel bad about
1: I usually feel bad about mispronouncing names, but I don't know. I might. I might. Let not me let me care. look this guy up. Um, so I'm gonna look this guy up. Basically, uh, after in an earnings call. Uh, He said that they want to more loudly advocate for laws like Prop 22, and that the company will prioritize working with governments across the U.S. and the world to make this a reality. Uh, Lyft's co founder, John Zimmer, told Axios that he wants to do it. He will do it state by state if they need to, uh, but that it would be easier to do it at a federal level. And then DoorDash's uh, global head of public affairs told The Markup, me, uh, that they are ready to work with legislators everywhere. On policies that protect dasher flexibility, so
0: my oh my gosh, dude, this guy he's he's a he's a fucking no, dude, Dara he's he's Iranian he's Iranian he was born in Mm -hmm. Tehran and everything. What a fucking dude, fucking loser. Oh, he was born in 1969 though, that's pretty cool, nice, Uh, nice. I um, Uh, I'm
1: I'm just waiting for like 1969. Uh, I'm just. I'm just waiting for, like, a, like an Iranian racist who also hates Uber. Like, I hate Prop 22 and Ahmadinejad, uh, but I don't know. Anyway, so what's going to happen now is they're – basically, for the past uh, few years, actually, these companies have been – spent a lot of money uh, on lobbying the federal government and state governments – uh, one estimate is that they've, you know, spent one point two million dollars lobbying the federal government just in the mm-hmm. first half of twenty twenty. Uh, that was Uber and Lyft combined, uh, and also, and much of their lobbying was in opposition to a law called the Protecting Our Right to Organize Act, the Pro Act. The Pro Act passed uh. the How- passed the House of Representatives. It was it's the most expansive law. Uh, of labor and employee rights in, uh, gen- in generations. I mean, and f- I'm I'm actually very impressed. Really? There. Yeah. Why, why have I, I not, mean, not? Why have I not heard of this?
0: Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing here of this pro act. This hasn't passed my This hasn't passed my desk at all. This is I crazy. mean, I,
1: I, well, I I think that there's like there's a lot of people on the left. There's a lot of people get currency on center left, you know, Democrats or whatever, as being anti-worker, and so there's cultural currency in criticizing them. And then the center left doesn't really want to advertise it either because their backers are not exactly pro union. So no one really wants to advertise it either way. But in reality, this thing pa- and also it was never going to pass the Senate and it was never it was going to get vetoed by Trump no matter what. So it had no chance of sure. passing. But nonetheless, what this would have done is it would have made the it would have much easier to form a union. You, all you need is a card check majority. You don't have to have an election. Uh, And there would have been a lot of other stronger protections for Mm -hmm. people expressing an interest in unionizing, et cetera, and also stricter uh, penalties for violations there uh, by employers against unions. And in addition, it would have federally defined gig workers as employees.
0: Ah, that's one of it's uh, it's one of those little laws, or, or it could have been one of those little laws where, like Bernie, like uh, just sort of like he's sort of like salt bait in just sort of like <laughs> this, you know, this little addition where it's just yeah. sort of like, uh, car check is it uh, and gig workers are also employees, like <laughs> one of the, one of those ones.
1: He got he got it in there. I don't know. I mean, it's amazing. I'm actually kind of I'm impressed that it passed the house. Frankly, uh, it passed the house, and uh, there were. Seven Democrats who voted against it, and there were five Republicans who voted for it,
0: which is interesting. Ooh. Uh do you have the list of the Democrats who voted against it? I wanna guess.
1: Uh I don't have it on me right now, but they are mostly from uh more rural and southern states. So but yeah, the five Republicans who voted from it were like almost all from New York and New Jersey, I think. Uh, yeah, I that makes I, sense. I, I don't have I, I used to have it and I, I lost it. So uh basically after that pass, I I think of that the pro act passing in some ways similar to in twenty seventeen when like Kamala Harris and a bunch of other you know center left Democrats endorsed Medicare for all. Yeah, you know it's just kind of one of those things that they can you can do it when you have when you have when it stands no chance of becoming reality. So they basically you know came out and supported it passed and. But, uh Uber and Lyft uh spent a lot of their lobbying money uh on the pro act, and because they didn't uh do that it, it, it because they you know wanted to not have a pass and but now that even if the Democrats do retake the Senate, it is not a guarantee that it is going to pass. There is at least one democratic senator, Senator Mark Warner from Virginia who is skeptical of the pro act. He has not said one way or the other, which one he, whether he would support it or not. Tim Kaine, also of Virginia, Hillary Clinton's running mate. No way. Was also on the fence. I think he came out in support of the pro act, but Mark uh, Warner is not necessarily, might not necessarily be alone in his support of some sort of prop 22, like legislation that would create this third category of worker. Right. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, he said in a statement, Uh, You know, we know independent contract workers are not all the same. Uh, Some are misclassified or prefer to be treated as full-time employees, while others genuinely prefer to be independent contractors and use this kind of work to supplement other employment. And he thinks that voters all over the country made it clear that policymakers should take a nuanced approach to the labor market. Nuance, creativity, innovation, these words mean deregulate. (laughs) <laughs> these words mean you're
0: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> They're not
1: yeah. it's just like it's it's it, it's always modernized oftentimes can it can be this sort of thing like people say oh well these these labor laws are so outdated they were they passed over 70 years ago we need to modernize them for the modern economy and all that sort of stuff is is usually uh, an attempt by corporate interests to undermine labor law. So then uh we do, so even if it does, even if we do win Georgia, you know, if uh, our our winner, John Ossoff, the guy who always wins the, the guy favorite, the love, favorite
0: boy, the favorite boy, yeah, the favorite
1: boy that everyone loves and always wins. If he wins his seat and if uh, Reverend Warnock wins his seat, um, I, 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 also, I think it's amazing that John Osif as a Jewish man would be so brave to run on the same ticket as Adolf Hitler himself. i mean yes um really very very proud brave jewish john ossoff so anyways if both of them do win and it is a 50 50 split in the senate they're still not guaranteed kamala harris will you know break the tie it is not exactly assured that the pro act would pass if it did then that would undo prop 22 basically that would make Yeah, Yeah. because how federal law works, federal law overrides state laws and as a general principle called Mm -hmm. preemption. And if that happened, uh, we would – Prop 22 would be undone and these battles would all be over basically and we would have – until Uber and Lyft lobbied successfully to have that section of the PRO Act undone which they would inevitably try to do because they spent $200 million in California alone. They'll spend billions at the federal level trying to undo the PRO Act if it were to ever pass.
0: That would, uh, uh, I mean, on its face, I think it would be very, well, okay. So, I mean, my immediate reaction, not to get too electoral about it, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, my immediate thing, uh, when you said that like, oh, it was like a 50-50 split, Kamala Harris uh, makes the tie-breaking thing, I would, I would immediately say. I mean, Joe Manchin just immediately just goes against that. Like he, there's no way he would vote for that. He's uh, a senator from, I believe, West Virginia. Yeah. And, you know that state where that has an absolutely pristine <laughs> record <laughs> of not um, blowing up uh, its unionized workforce with cannons and shit like that. You know. Right. Like, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it is an interesting question because Joe Manchin is, an, like, an all intents and purposes, a coal executive. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, or at least, you know, fights, fights hard to do so. But he also is a Democrat. And in West Virginia, union uh, unions mean have some sort of historical appreciation. It's kind of one of those places that is turned very hard right in a lot of instances because uh, the right, you know, uh, has served, better serves their interests, whether they are uh, you know increasing fossil fuel production or you know, if someone resents culture wars, then they'll vote for Republicans as well, because that serves their interest as well. But uh, Joe Manch, but unions are one of those things where people have sometimes have a historically good uh, association with them in places like West Virginia.
0: So, oh, I bet, I bet Joe Banchon will be like, we are a proud union state or, you know, whatever he wants to say. But uh, you could take, you could take this Danny bet to the bank. He will vote against it. (laughs) He will never, he will never, he will never actually do it. I, it's weird because then you have those states like us, like New York and New Jersey and stuff like that, where it's, it's like that. I, I feel like those lines, uh, matter in in like our kind of neck of the woods a little bit more yeah. uh, they just like no matter how much you know Cuomo or you know whatever wants to like you know deregulate things it just it's it's really hard for it to happen but I feel like places like Kentucky and West Virginia and you know parts of you know Tennessee those, those like that sort of you know um, Appalachian rust belty sort of area they're so beat down by those things where it's just like it when you know people like joe manchin can essentially just be like no we're he'll, he could on his face be like i love unions and then just be like "What? we're not doing that could be, could <laughs> like, be true
1: i mean definitely could yeah. be right i mean certainly people like mark warner who are democrats but have zero association with unions um you know these sorts of kind of uh more new democrats clinton clintonite kind of democrats Certainly have zero association with unions and have no real ties to unions other than the fact that the AFL-CIO is basically an extension of the Democratic Party for better or for worse. Anyways, I don't know. We, I mean, yeah. So th- there's not a huge chance that it's going to pass. But even if that doesn't happen, there are some things that Biden could do through executive action uh, to uh, make things a little bit better for uh, Prop 22 gig workers. Uh, there was a administrative change basically a rule that Trump's National Labor Relations Board uh their general counsel is this uh, guy named Peter Robb who was a formerly a litigator in the Reagan administration that broke okay. that broke up the uh airline who are the people who do the the uh, air traffic controllers air traffic controllers went on strike in the 80s and that was one of the biggest high profile union busting campaigns uh in in the early Reagan administration, and was like, yeah, one like shifted, like, what was just one of these huge generational shifts in how uh, American industry have used labor and huge victory for employers everywhere, basically. And this guy was a litigator for it, and he is now the NLRB general counsel for the Trump administration. And he basically said, independent contractors, I know mean, uh, gig workers are independent contractors, end of story. Uh, And they passed a rule, their DOL passed a rule, basically, that would define as such. It hasn't fully gone into, hasn't been fully finalized yet. Um, So all these things Biden could easily just undo by executive action. He can fire this guy, this Peter Robb guy, on January 21st. These Mm -hmm. are things that he could do on the federal level. But that's not a permanent solution. That's just kind of undoing a federal stance, essentially. But that's not really going to do anything with teeth. With Prop Twenty Two, so unless there is somehow a miraculous increase in the Senate in twenty twenty two, the on the federal level, they're probably not going to pass the Pro Act, which would be the the way to really undo Prop Twenty Two. And also, there's some real questions about uh, Biden and Harris and their relationship with big tech. Okay, I mean,
0: yeah, especially Kamala Harris. (laughs) I mean,
1: it's both, man. I mean, Kamala Harris was the attorney. General for uh, the state of California, and she was also the what the district attorney for San Francisco, and she has a lot of ties to big tech, right? Like she has a former staffer of hers now works for Facebook. Uh, she has uh, her brother-in-law and longtime advisor is this is the chief legal officer for Uber, who sent for, <laughs> okay, oh boy, Tony Tony <laughs> West, yeah, Tony West. Sent was one of the people who was sending emails to Uber employees encouraging them to vote yes on Prop 22. Okay, like, um, that's one of them, but there's not that's not the only one. Okay, a lot of Obama administration officials moved to Silicon Valley after leaving the administration. Former Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Transportation under Obama, Anthony Fox. Is now the chief policy officer at Lyft.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I heard. I heard about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. David Plouffe, who did Obama's 2008 campaign, was Uber's senior vice president for policy until 2017. What happened in 2017? He was fined for lobbying without registering Mayor Rahm Emanuel on behalf of <laughs> Uber.
0: Oh God, I love. <laughs> See, this is the.
1: This is the fucking. This is the crazy thing.
0: Is like. I mean you know we're what what the election was on the third you know we're almost a month out of the election uh f- formally happening happening and you know maybe about two weeks um from like some sort of um legitimate you know like electoral uh confirmation uh you know where they're like, okay, Biden won Pennsylvania right, and stuff like right, that right, right. you know, and uh it's already. It, it's or we're already turning into this sort of. It, it's like, I mean, I was, I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna appoint the worst people. Like it, it it's gonna be the 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 most hilarious self dealing. But it's getting real, you know, the connections that he has, um, and that Kamala specifically has to these people is like it's comical. It's just it's so plain. So one you of know? The,
1: one of the craziest ones is uh, Anita Dunn. Who is basically ran Biden's 2020 campaign? She's his top advisor. She is a partner at a PR and lobbying firm called SKD Knickerpocker. And this firm uh, runs, uh, they basically have been running this front group for Lyft and Uber on a pro bono basis, okay, to do lobbying for Uber and Lyft in New York State and federally, I think. Mm -hmm. But in New York state is what I saw. And yeah, so that's a top Biden advisor. Who's just a partner at a firm who's still actively doing lobbying for, for Uber and Lyft. Um, So that could go. um, We don't know what the appointments are going to be. I think the fact that Yellen was appointed to treasury uh, means something and nothing. Like he could have chosen like Tim Geithner. He could have chosen like, or he could have fucking, you know, chosen, I don't know the, former, the current CEO of Robin Hood, I think, uh, Dan Gallagher. I mean, he could have chosen like a real conservative. I don't think he was going yeah. to without upsetting the progressive base. It, hell, he could have chosen Rahm Emanuel. I mean, he almost chose Rahm Emanuel for secretary of transportation, um, which would have been very, very well connected to this Uber and Lyft fight. Um, very much so. We don't know. I, I th- don't. He's not going to get transportation now. Rahm Emanuel needs to stay the hell away from the federal government. And... So it all just depends on who he's gonna, who he's going to appoint to the DOL. Also, huge, huge appointment to the Department of Labor. I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's. I mean, i I don't think this is an exaggeration to say that like the a uh, uh, policy policy will be a f- uh, massive sweeping policy, especially when it comes to these kinds of contentious issues like Uber and Lyft stuff is literally going to be decided by the last person in the room because joe biden is like a fucking old loser so it's like somewhere in the back of his like decaying brain he hears the word union and he's just sort of like oh yeah and like he's he is kind of like that but he it is literally the last person who talks to him is the one who will get their policy done like it it's it'll it's going to be that it's it's going to be that. That doesn't so,
1: seem unreasonable at all. And like and especially yeah. Joe's style, which we've talked about, the Delaware way, is very much that. It's just a, it's getting to know you. It's having conversations. It's working. It's it's you know adversaries colluding basically, and it's just kind of trying to come up with um, something that makes everybody happy, but doesn't really make anything better for anybody outside the room.
0: Yeah, it's one of those situations where the only way we have any chance of any sort of meaningful progressive thing would be if Bernie Sanders somehow is part of his cabinet in any way. And like I said, is like it, it's going to be a matter of like they're all in a room and they're all, all right. Meeting adjourned. Everybody leaves. And then Bernie's like, oh, hold on, Joe, I have a qu- I have something to tell you, you know, and like right. and, they, and then they will be. And then Joe's like, oh, my friend wants to talk to me. And then he does it. And then like that, like that's the only way that's the only <laughs> way those things will happen, because otherwise you just have a bunch of ghouls around him more just sort of like deregulate it, deregulate it, you know, <laughs> I, I heard
1: that somebody uh, said that Bernie's probably not going to get Department of Labor head because uh, if he did, then under Vermont state law, the governor would appoint his replacement. And right now, the governor of Vermont is a Republican. Yeah. So they would actually, he's not going to get in the cabinet for that reason.
0: Sure, yeah. Same deal that is, again, that's the old California wait. That's yeah, fucking, fucking, what's this? Oh, Newsom, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. He's appointing right Kamala, Kamala's replacement, which is weird <laughs> just always so weird uh yeah. But yeah i mean i i agree with you i think i think bernie will ultimately die in vermont you know he's uh he he's he's i don't he, think he's ever he, going to meaningfully go out of there could
1: get i mean if the senate went back to democrats i think i, I thought was some tweet that he would be like uh in charge of a committee chair like a pretty powerful committee chairmanship on like health and human services or uh pharmaceuticals or something like that and he would have some pretty big power in the senate Actually, Mm -hmm. it should be kind of interesting. Um, Oh, one more thing about uh, Joe Biden's cabinet. Joe Biden has a transition team right now, and every department has a team of people that are like advising to try and uh, choose the the person you know who's going to be heading it and the policy initiatives and stuff. Uh, A Bernie Sanders staffer is on it, and and there's a lot of other people on it. One of the people that is also on it is this guy named Seth Harris. No relation to Kamala. He is one Mm. of he is. Obama's former acting secretary of labor in 2015, he wrote an influential paper that basically created the third category worker.
0: Really? I did not know that. Okay. That's new information to me.
1: He, yeah. So a former Obama acting secretary of labor was the one who invented the prop 22 category. Okay. So, I mean like the Obama administration was all over the elements of creating the Prop 22 category. I read a paper from 2015 and initially the initial stance of the industry of, you know, you know, employers was no on this third category because the third category would ruin, you know, the independent contractor status and it'd be too complicated. Now, because they're having it threatened that they would just treat them as employees outright, now all of a sudden the industry loves this third category mm-hmm. position. Um, but it was the Obama administration. Those was the first people that proposed the idea it was an acting secretary of labor, Seth Harris. So all of that said, we don't know what's going to happen right now. There could go, it could go a few ways. Uh, in the meantime, um, there's the S- the Trump sec is basically standing with the, their, with their department of labor. They pat, they proposed a rule that is going to be passed in or, Finalized in 30 days, or the comment period is going to end in 30 days. That would allow for gig workers to receive as compensation up to 15% of their annual wages, um, stock options in the company.
0: Oh, my God. That is such a poison pill. That, is a
1: fun, that, that shit is. Dude, okay, okay, okay. Look, look. I know
0: what they're doing. I know what they're doing. They're like, oh, oh, look. And it's like, what are you talking about? We're talking about Uber. We're talking about a company that its job is to lose money. Yeah, dude. <laughs> its, job <is> to, <laughs> its job is to take billions of dollars and just flush it down the toilet like the only quasi representative sort of financial arm that monitors these things is you know the stock exchange essentially and all of those those people are so bearish on any of these things like when uh, fucking when fucking um um what the uh, uh the 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 office one the Securities well
1: and an exchange commission
0: no, 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 no. The the company. Oh, We work. Uh, when we, yeah, WeWork comes out and their and their prospectus is sort of like, well, we are not actually real. And then the stock exchange is like, no. And yeah. then uh, you know, I mean, Lyft has never done great. Uber has never done great. Like the only tech companies that do really good are the ones that like <gasps> actually make something, you know, and right. and have big. I mean, like. Like, you know, for all the ways I hate Tesla, it's like their stock is skyrocketing because like the you know, as you've mentioned, you know, uh, the stock market is just sort of like that. It has that mood ring vibe to it. And they're just sort of like people will buy cars and Apple people will buy computers. But uh, people see the writing on the wall when it comes to all of the The technologies company Uber is. I think their actual name is Uber Technologies. You know, yeah, that's a political
1: move to try and avoid being regulated as a taxi company.
0: Exactly, and and like it's it's not great. I can fucking
1: I can literally pull up Robin Hood right now. What's really depressing about this is you're supposed to not be a worker, and yet you would get paid in compensation and ownership of a company that you don't work for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it's so weird and yeah. loopy. I mean, you like know. you can't, like there, there is no. I, I mean, like, look, you can never assume good faith with these sorts of things. This whole thing was just a cost-saving device to cut down on labor costs and labor liability, and to stop the growth of you know unions and things like that in in you know the gig sector. But if you were to assume good faith on Prop Twenty Two, the logic doesn't make sense. <laughs> why would you give an independent contractor ownership of your company? They're a contract. You're not going to give a, you're like, if a plumber fixes your house, you're not going to give them 15% of their compensation as just a piece of your mortgage.
0: Dude, what if that would be so funny if uh they're like, all right, you guys get stock options. And then in the biggest um insider trading bid of all history, all People who own Uber stock, who also drive Uber, just are just sort of like sell, <laughs> and like they cause it, they cause it, like the dip, <laughs> the dip down a bit. I looked it up just now, by the way. Uh, Lyft and Uber, they both sell and trade for like between forty and fifty dollars. Uh, Uber has gained in the time that it's been like a, a stock five bucks in like five years, and it's only recently that it's jumped up with the rest of the stock market. Uh, Lyft only lost two passing. Yeah, Lyft only lost money. It's only lost money. Yeah, like it. So it's like the. I mean, like I mean, if they're just like, oh, we'll give you stock options in fucking Ford or Apple or somebody, be <laughs> like, <laughs> hell. Oh, hell yeah, man, that
1: sounds awesome. I, <laughs> I mean, like, if you if they were gonna do that, that's just called a four hundred one k. Like that's just... <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, exactly. we'll give you we'll give you a retirement package. Okay, cool, but that's not what this is. And also, okay, the, not every gig. Worker works for one of these big ones. Sometimes they work for really small ones, these startups. Okay. And what is the biggest scam in a startup to avoid having to pay people? Pay people in stocks, stock options. Yeah. Stock options. Yeah. Okay. So these are people who will be driving and doing the actual labor for a startup. You know, let's say it's like a puppy delivery company or whatever, you know, and they're, they hire all these gig workers through P- PPY, it's called Puppy. And They have five employees who work in the office and 15 employees who are actually delivering the puppies. They're going to pay them less. They're able to pay them less Mm -hmm. with bullshit stock options. Uh, And they're probably not like class A shares. They're class B shares or even class C shares. So they're not even that good. They're not even that. They they're, not, not they're, not that they're, they're not that them. choice. And they're not that choice. They're getting mids.
0: They're getting mids. They're getting M- mids. Mid stocks. <laughs> stocks. <laughs> they're getting mid stocks. They're going to get
1: mid stocks and they're going to pay them just that way they can pay them even less. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like you could do that as a way to skirt around, I don't know, New York City, which passed a law which required a, an actual minimum wage for gig workers. So in New York City, Gig workers, Uber and Lyft drivers, have to be paid from when they log on to when they log off. It's one of the only jurisdictions where they're required to get paid for that. Um, a minimum, It's some sort of a minimum wage. And um, nowhere else does it really have that. And so for that, I don't know, they, they would just get, they, they could cut into the, this SEC rule would allow them to basically to cut into that minimum wage even more so. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and and I, I can tell you, you know, they're the way they would pitch any kind of stock option thing is like it, I know exactly what they would do as a person who works for these apps is like they're they're not gonna do this sort of like um absolute like catastrophic thing where they're just sort of like you only get paid in stock. What they they'll they'll have a little bubble come up on the app and it'll just be like, hey, if you'd like, we could give you stock and it'll get well it'll it'll be like this much more it'll be like five percent more or something like that or 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 it'll just be they they'll take a more harsh route on it and it'll just be like they'll basically (laughs) they'll do what like urban out not urban outfitters um the other clothes exchange buffalo exchange they'll just pull a buffalo exchange where they're just sort of like you bring your old pair of jeans and they're like all right we'll give you five dollars for this or fifty dollars store credit like they're just going <laughs> to they're going mean, to do they're, yeah. they're going to do that where it's like the obvious choice is like, oh, the stock, I got to choose the stock. I know?
1: would imagine that they would offer that as a condition of employment. And it's basically something you can't get around. And they'll mm-hmm. just say, no, you, when you are from now on, when you're a driver for Uber, uh, we are going to we're, we're just 15 percent of your wages are going to be Uber stocks. And what that's going to do is that's going to drive up Uber stocks as well, because then there's more people buying it if I'm understanding it correctly
0: there that well not only that but if they if they do that like I would not be I mean like we now we're sort of trudging into sort of like you know not supreme court law but just precedent in general where it just sort of like um it, can people sell stocks whenever they want to but if I I would not be surprised for an absolute second if they pulled uh um, you have to buy part of your wages are are stocks. Also, you have to wait five years before you can sell it. Like, y- y- it's like <laughs> yeah. they would they would absolutely have have like a Do a, some a, a peer like some some yeah. weird sort of um. Uh, there's that there's another term um Pit where balls, like
1: restrictions.
0: Yeah, just a, like conditions. a restriction. Yeah, like when you work for a company and they're like uh, uh they, when you work vesting yeah they would have like a vesting law essentially yeah. like that or or rather a divesting law you know
1: yeah that's just like you can't access what your stock options are until you have um gone through it yeah i mean the the whole thing is also just further trying to cement gig worker definition federally basically and and who knows mm-hmm. if that's even going to get undone i really am not sure that also depends on who the next sec chair is and just because you are a democratic chair of the securities and exchange commission Does not mean that you are going to be like do the most pro worker, pro investor, pro you know consumer thing out there. Um, Yeah, generally you do, but not everyone does everything. And there's a big revolving door, and you know. So, anyways, that's kind of where what the federal scene is looking like with Prop 22. Looking at the states, the biggest thing has been New York. I mean, it is all going to come down to New York, like because. Everyone I spoke to was just like, it's all going to come down to New York. New York is the biggest market. It's the next big target. And New York, you know, one third of every worker in New York State is unionized. Um, Big union culture here, more so than any other state in the union. It's going to be a big battle. And if they win New York, uh, they've just got the whole gravy train going, they got everything.
0: It, yeah, no, they're they're that like people have been like, oh, Illinois is another one of those. Si-. No, Illinois is going to topple like a fucking domino. Second city, like, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's. I'm I'm sorry, Chicago ain't gonna happen. Uh, you know, you have Governor Pritzker there. You've got all those fucking losers who are also in charge. of You and then like, you know, um, uh, fucking absolutely forget it with any southern state like you could maybe make the chance uh maybe make the statement like what about georgia there's, a, there's that's a big city for that no that's like <laughs> there's a reason the Movies. South, the south <laughs> just the,
1: hasn't really had a strong union culture since like the garment workers left
0: no no it's they're just, all it's all right to work it's all right to work shit there that like it's yeah. actually i had a friend um a fun little anecdote um First of all, they shoot a ton of movies down in Georgia because mm-hmm. it's all a right, right-to-work state. But there was a guy I knew who worked in the industry down in a- Atlanta, and he knew people who did lots of work for um, The Walking Dead. And um, they said that, like, obviously that television show needs a lot of extras yeah. and a lot of zombie extras. And they were saying that, like there's different classes of zombie that they make where they have the ones in the front that have, like, the full makeup, and then they have the ones that are slightly behind that are a little bit more obscured by the camera so things aren't as detailed, and then everybody behind that is just sort of given, like, generalized, sort of, like, shabby clothes and stuff. The ones in the very front still only get paid, like, 50 or 60 bucks for, like, 10 hours. Which is, like, or it's so... And that's just all that right to work shit. It's, it's mm-hmm. like the South is just fucked with that shit. You can't, it's a wall of of that and you would run into that. So you're absolutely right. Uh, New York and New Jersey. New Jersey, uh, New Jersey's weird. It, I mean, like they're right next to us, obviously, but they. I feel like, you know, you can kind of like, it's, it's, it's a weird state.
1: So um, right now, New, New Jersey has a progressive Democratic governor, ostensibly. So they're, So basically there's been a lot going on in both of these states, even before Prop 22 passed. Mm -hmm. Um, in January, New York governor, Andrew Cuomo was going to have a commission to study gig worker classification, which many thought was going to be an opening for New York state to pass a law defining gig workers as employees, but that didn't get included because in the budget because of coronavirus. And then there've been a bunch of bills floating around. Some New York state, uh, assemblymen have been trying to pass some sort of AB five like law, which would have made. Prop twenty two, you know, which would have made gig workers employees, and then uh, another person had an interest. Diane Savino, weird law. It would have classified gig workers as independent contractors, but it would have allowed for that third category worker to unionize.
0: Hmm, that is very see. This is the kind of thing weird. We that's very that's very goofy and i would say as a gig worker the there i mean you potentially do have an opening for some sort of third option there because it is kind of a weird class of work it just doesn't necessarily have to be evil the way that prop 22 is or and in that way and i would say broadly speaking um here this is my this is my official danny prediction i i don't think they're going to be able to do it in new york like i really i don't i don't they could sp- yeah. i think they could i think they literally could spend a billion dollars and i don't think i don't think they're going to do it so it's- far
1: so far they've spent um between t- january 2017 and june 2020 uber and lyft have spent a combined 11.5 million dollars lobbying new york state using 16 different shadow firms see honestly
0: i would have expected it to be more and I think they know it's an uphill battle here. Because I said this in, in a previous episode, California, for all of its prof- uh, progressive bona fides, you know, it's yeah. like, it is, I still consider it, and I still look at it as like a Wild West situation. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's still way, it's it's newer. Shit isn't, ain't old, isn't as old there. There's less of an industrial history in, in, in that way. And, and for that reason, you can kind of get away with shit uh, out there, which you just kind of can't, out, right. oh, in in New York State, and like you know, I I really think it's gonna it would be an uphill battle, um, for them here. Obviously, in um New York City is the most populous center in New York State as a whole. So I really don't even consider whatever happens
1: outside of it would have uh, to happen c- in Albany. It couldn't happen in in New York City. I mean, there's no way. I mean, you no. you're right that like New York has much closer ties to labor. But uh, it should be noted, uh, a former Cuomo communications director is now Uber's head of work communications. Mm -hmm. And he's also he's married to a current top Cuomo aide, Melissa DeRosa. And another former Cuomo staffer has been lobbying for Lyft since 2014. So um, there is still this um, it's there's still certain parts of the Democratic Party, even locally, Via Cuomo, who have some ties to Uber and Lyft and big tech, and you know, you the know, things what? like the, things like the Amazon deal, which ultimately failed, was pushed by De Blasio and Cuomo together. So this is something that it, it's not. I, I think that the Democrats have more things in our favor. First off, uh, in, in, sorry, progressives in New York have more things in our favor. First off, there's no referendum culture like there is in California. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to do this big public campaign to override a state law like they were able to do in California, you know, when these corporate corporate referendums, basically. Then second off, we don't have Silicon Valley as like the beating heart of our economy. Okay. yeah, we absolutely we uh, are fortunate and we have Wall Street instead that we are beholden to, Um, you know, we are (laughs) uh, a a joke. Um, And. So we're not going to have the this sort of political and cultural pressure of Silicon Valley imposed upon us. And third, just unionization is just much higher here. And just union culture is here, and unions are just much more powerful here than they
0: no, are. And that, you make a really good point, too, because that's a that's, it's hilarious, because you're like, yeah, of course New York uh, City is, is totally beholden to Wall Street. And then you get into the question of, like, if you are a gambler, if you're one of those people who's shorting stocks, you're shorting Uber and Lyft. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, not, you're, you, you're not like you don't have that fucking cult doe eyed look that they do out in California where they're just like, technology has the future. Like it's always follow the gamblers. What are the gamblers doing? You know, like, that's, you know, that's what people said about, like, you know, will Trump win the election and stuff like that. It's just sort of like, fuck all of the conjecture. What are the gamblers betting, putting bets on? (laughs) All right. Like, that's what matters. That's what matters most. And if you go, if you go down to just a financial point, it's like Uber and Lyft. Those are losers. You know, Mm -hmm. you're what are you're getting like 20 to one. One to one hundred odds. You know that that's not good. Those are those are bad
1: odds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we
0: also, you know, we also have like a culture out here that is significantly different when it comes to our our executive branch, because like you know in in like nine ish history, recent-ish history, it has been somewhat favorable to Andrew Cuomo. But like, my God, people hate that guy here yeah i i hate that guy here you know it, it's not it's not a death sentence to call the democratic the quote-unquote democratic governor of new york a piece of shit all the time like totally it, it's it's that is another part weird part of new york culture where you could just be like yeah that guy sucks i fucking hate him yeah and that's not just me, like us like left people it's like it's uh it's conservatives It's it's it's. it's, it's, (laughs) I mean, that's how
1: Republicans have gotten into power. Like before the rise of the left in New York, with like the Zephyr Teachout campaign and Mm -hmm, a few mm -hmm. others, like kind of like the rise of the progressive left here in this state. The only alternative to like crony centrist Democrats were Republicans, and they would campaign on anti-corruption platforms, and they'd win because everyone was like, "Yeah, fuck Albany political party machine politics." Um. So yeah, absolutely. Um. I want to move on really quick. Uh. To Please, Others, other states. Um, looks like there are, um, a few other states that it could be a target of. New Jersey is one of them that could be uh, passing some sort of AB five like law. Basically, they passed. Uh, they introduced a bill that does that would, uh, you know, classify gig workers as employees like AB five did. That hasn't come up for a vote yet. But in, in January, Governor Phil Murphy signed five laws that were very pro employee, very pro labor. Three of them were just about contractor employee misclassifi- class- misclassification. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them would impose personal joint liability on tech companies for misclassifying their gig workers.
0: Ah, uh, okay, interesting.
1: So it would it would like so like Dara Kasha, I'm sorry, his beautiful Iranian last name. He <laughs> would, have, would face personal liability in New Jersey for the misclassification of, um, of the workers in New Jersey. That, and that passed, okay? So once they actually get it such that they um, will classify you know, Lyft and Uber drivers as employees in the state of New Jersey, huge penalties, okay? They have also, New Jersey is, um, has also, uh, oh, then in, yeah, New Jersey fined Uber $650 million last year for not paying unemployment and in disability insurance taxes. Uh, So, I mean, they are uh, really setting themselves up. They're they're setting themselves up for some sort of AB5-like law in New Jersey. I think that's going to happen pretty soon, honestly. Yeah. that, That could happen, and New York could happen. Other states where there's some battles going on, there's been litigation basically in New Jersey, Connecticut, and Massachusetts because they have on the letter of the law something that is similar to AB5 already they have this three-part abc test that would have cl- that as it was interpreted in California mm-hmm. would have given gig workers employee status however that law hasn't been applied by those local courts to say explicitly uber drivers are employees because they've been caught up in litigation with these companies with uber and lyft for years now basically yeah. so uber yeah. and lyft are in huge litigation, multi-year litigation with New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, I believe, to stop courts from even hearing whether those state laws would classify um, gig workers as employees, and they're using this arbitration crap that is um, the Supreme Court recently ruled against. But it just it's going to come up soon, I think. So those states could be coming up soon as well. Um,
0: yeah, I it's such an uphill battle here. Like they like I mean Massachusetts just uh they just want a right to repair law, you know, which is different than what we're talking about, but also similar because it's um a, you know it's harmful oh, yeah. to tech was, companies yeah right, right yeah that that's like the whole thing where it's like if you break your iPhone, Apple is pretty much the only one who can effectively repair mm-hmm. uh, many elements of it like that, and again that's that happened in Massachusetts like I, I mean if i if i were if I were Uber or lyft, um I would try with like a weird middle ground state like Pennsylvania or Ohio, you know, but right now their eye their eyes are so set on the prize of New York that they're just they're just they're fighting way above their weight like that mm. like you can't you can't do that and like i bet they see you know markets like uh ohio and and pennsylvania as like things where they don't want to invest in that kind of thing but like that's where you could potentially get a win like that if you're uber or lyft but like just going straight for new york like that it's like it's still way too antagonistic here and mm. for, and and it's good. It's absolutely good. That's it, it's antagonistic here, obviously. So I just um, yeah, I, I, I think right now, I mean, l- l- I mean, we fucking kicked out Amazon. They were going to be they were right. going to be here right. and there was so much pressure by it that we fucking kicked them out. And and oh, my God, look, look looking at that fucking stupid fucking Cuomo's face. When he, oh, when he like, when he fucking like, well, it appears that we will not be having Amazon here. He has the weird, he speaks really weird. He has like a really wet mouth with it in the tease, the tease when he says that what you are doing is not what we should be doing. Let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive in your tone. Because you're 100% wrong. I don't know if you were here or if you were paying attention, 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 attention.
1: But that has been in effect for over a month, 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 month.
0: Like, that's how he speaks. Like that, yeah. that's, his, that's his cadence. I'll put a, yeah, quote, a you're, quote. You're quote making quote sound
1: appear. like Nosferatu or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, those are all the states where it could happen. Um, I know there's some people who have been looking at Oregon. Washington, and Colorado, as well as potential places where there might be some sort of uh, laws that would make gig workers employees. And this is all places where major markets of Uber and Lyft, uh, really, really, you know, big tech presence there. And so mm-hmm. they're probably doing a lot of lobbying in these places because they have industry there. And there's also people who are pushing um, on the other side pretty hard. So they have to kind of, in some ways, while I agree with you that, you know, they, want to ch- they would choose somewhere that's a little bit lower stakes and maybe have a better chance, they probably have to just follow the fight a little bit and because there are progressives in these jurisdictions mm-hmm. who are trying to threaten their, you know, their business model, as, as they say it. Uh, they have to kind of follow it a little bit. Um, yeah, they,
0: they are. They, dude, did you, have I ever told you about the, what happened with Uber in Portland? I don't think so. Oh my god, it was hilarious. This was probably 2012 because for remember for a while Uber just didn't operate in major cities. And so you know, it was in SF, in New York, and what have you. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, but it wasn't in Portland and they fucking threatened the Portland City Council so much. And they and they're just like we're going to open. We're going to open. <laughs> we're going to open here and Portland City Council is like you better fucking not. And they did like one day randomly Uber, the Uber app worked in Portland and there were people like it, like Uber just openly flaunted local, local law and started operating. And uh, they, and, and, and like they, it's their whole thing. They just, they just break the law. Wow. They'll, they'll, they'll openly break the law uh, until they, they get a, they get an opening Right, and then they they just drive a wedge in and slowly, eh, you know, force their way force their way in. But you, I think you are right. Um, I, I would also be curious to see what happens in those weird states like Oregon and, uh, Colorado. Those That'd are those are big and they, ones. They have
1: tech presences now. You know, I mean, they're like tech. Huge ones. People Huge ones. Want to be, want to Live in those places. I mean, especially like a city like Seattle. You know, yeah. Denver, S- Washington, Big.
0: Washington State is weird. Washington is extremely is an extremely progressive place, but there is also a huge. It's arguably the second biggest tech presence. Yeah. So I am really curious to see what would could possibly happen there. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all up in the air for sure. And I'm very curious to see, I think, I think you're right. You know that you, you are right that like, in order to like hedge their bets, they have to follow, they have to follow progressives and, and basically threaten them. Because if there's
1: one state, if there's one, if one state gets it to be enforceable, that employees, that these gig workers are employees, and it doesn't sink the company, the entire, like, their entire stake of legitimacy and arguing that it would is ruined. Like you mm-hmm. can't, like, it, it. it's kind of like, it, it's more about control and controlling the narrative than it is about losing that particular amount of money in New Jersey or whatever, or facing this additional liability in these sorts of states. If you cede this position and make these workers employees in any state, it's going to make every state be like, yeah, let's do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I also do. I I also do think it is. Re- I think it is
0: really funny because that argument is 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 it's so funny where they're like, you can't make a, you can't make our these are our, our independent contractors, employees, or else we'll will will go bankrupt. And it's like any reasonable per- reasonable person would just be
1: like, what's your business model? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> how,
0: how do you make money again? It's, and then it's, how much money are you <laughs>
1: spending? in order to not pay these people normal amounts of money, like in litigation, there's yeah. insane amounts of money in, lit- in, in, lawsuits fighting this stuff. This prop 22 campaign, $205 million in like four, or six months, $200 million. Okay. And it, 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 I'm not, these are, these are anecdotal th- examples, but think about how many times they have to do this, all the lobbying they have to do and all. And then think about like how much all of these executives are probably getting paid like there are so many ways that they could make a taxi company make money. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's it's hilarious I mean Taxi Uber, companies have made money before. This is they not have a possible it. thing. You put a GPS on a taxi company, it is not going to make it go bankrupt. That's ludicrous.
0: Yeah, it's all the other things. It's all the other I mean, you can make you could make the argument that you just you just fucking slim down all these fucking people in these companies where you don't have an executive assistant to the VP for marketing or whatever. Right. Like that. And I mean, because as it stands right now, Uber and Lyft, they're just they're just these hilarious um fucking, you know, Right before World War One, hemophiliac—you know—children of uh, of, of, <laughs> of 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 czars, where it's just like, oh my God, make sure he doesn't fall on the ground or he'll die. <laughs> like, you know, like they all—all yeah. uh, all these Habsburg losers who are so inbred that like just one major financial thing will just send them right through the toilet, and they have to constantly be have you know they have the like I said they have these bloodborne illnesses. <laughs> you know, yeah,
1: and in the meantime, there's just all these their actual employees are some of the most vulnerable Americans out there. (laughs) Like they're just like, they're the ones who are like, this is like a corporate hemophilia, but like actually people who are reliant on this are Mm -hmm. incredibly empirically vulnerable people. Like, yeah, the minimum wage is so low that they have to take this second job. And this is the only way that they can not get evicted from their house or they do this full time and they don't have, good health insurance and they can't afford to they can't get a job anywhere else and so they yeah. have to do that i mean like or like whatever or like you know they're just trying to make it in stand-up comedy and that's the most vulnerable person of all because they're artists you know <laughs> i you know? <laughs> i look
0: first of all first of all i think we coined the term today corporate hemophiliac like that's <laughs> dude that that's like i want to take credit for that like or i think i think we can i think we both take care of credit David. for that that's that that's 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 what these companies are they're corporate hemophiliacs they you know you know touch them and they die or move them or disturb them and they die for um and uh yeah it's uh i i i think from a very just like even if you just want to get pragmatic about it just like the whole mythos behind tech companies is that they were like they were started in a garage yeah. and they and they were they it was just four dudes shitting in a bucket and eating pretzels all day and that's how they got along for the first year of their existence mm-hmm. and then and now they're at this place where they're like yeah i'm pretty sure what we, we got to do is uh you know Hire five more VP execs. That's what's gonna keep a. <laughs> that's what's gonna keep us afloat, you know. Yeah. Or, we, need, uh,
1: we need these Obama administration officials.
0: Yeah, and then, or or even if they are hiring people who are like actual, you know, developers and back-end, you know, des- um, coding designers and what have you, then you re- then then you encounter the even thornier problem for them, where it's like you can pay. A a person who is like a a back end like systems engineer at Uber fifty thousand dollars, but if you're forcing them to work sixty thousand, excuse me, sixty hours a week, seventy hours a week, you know it doesn't matter how much you pay them. You could pay them six sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Then you get into an even thornier problem where they're sort of like, man, I should really unionize as a tech worker (laughs) 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 because this fucking sucks, (laughs) you know. Uh, then that's, that's, I mean, I, I, I would really like that. I think is the, is the real true wild west of, uh, uh, especially since we're talking about unions and and this kind of stuff is, is, is the eventual, eventual tech unionization wave. If that ever does happen, you know, there
1: is, I, I, it's an interesting perennial question. I feel like, uh, there's one tech company that did unionize, I think it was Kickstarter. Hmm. I think they try. they tried they tried I think oh yeah. did they
0: fail I think it failed or or yeah I, I remember it didn't do well <laughs> it, it, it tr- they tried and it was not
1: um no they did it they pulled it off
0: they did they they did pull it off
1: yeah the first major tech company in the United States to do it in February of this year they pulled it oh, off Oh wow they, okay they, yeah they, they uh they voted to unionize
0: yeah that's great see that I love that I love that um and uh, yeah, it does. It it does. It, it it. I think it's honestly a a spirited thing because we try to we look at these tech companies as these huge monoliths that are unmovable. But there's a reason that they act so frantic and so uh, erratic when they have these little challenges come up. Because really, at the end of the day, they have challenges from them that are keeping them on them he- on their heels from all angles. And mm-hmm. if we can just get Tiny wins on them. I think it's a death of a thousand cuts kind of thing. And uh it's not like you need to just like outlaw them or anything like that, or you need to try to do that. Just like cut away at them, baby. You know, make yeah. them. Make- I mean,
1: it, it's just like th- these people are brand new to being oligarchs. Like there is. Yes. There is yes. no. Uh, I've spoken to people about this before, like just in conversations. There's no like uh, equivalent yet to like the ford foundation which like does arts grants you know like san francisco is has lost so much of its creativity and artistic scene because tech people are nerds and they don't know how to be an oligarch in the way that like oil (laughs) yeah yeah. oil barons do and they don't know how to like work with the media in the way that like wall street does like and be like listen to the media recognize media's power like Peter Thiel just shut down Gawker and paid millions of dollars to do it uh in, in these like you know private litigations for you know these invasion of privacy suits and you know Wall Street wouldn't have done that I don't know if like Industrial Powers would have done that in the same way they say what you will about all of these you know behemoths of the past they at least are aware of their position tech companies are still kind of riding this no, come on. I I you know, I stood for I'm not a bad guy. I'm not climate I'm not bad. Is, climate change is really important and I am a social liberal and I was raised with the right values and I'm a fucking nerd. Revenge of the no, nerds. You you're know? you're you're absolutely right. These they don't people- understand that they are alphas now, and when you're an alpha, you <laughs> have to play a certain role. And part of that is I don't know there, there's just um, they're just not honest with themselves yet I don't think
0: no they still think of themselves as outsiders kind of like you're saying and yeah. like like Mark Zuckerberg has what 70 billion dollars something like that he's getting close to being a centibillionaire you know and he still looks like an ugly ceramic bust like he stu- he like looks <laughs> like fucking Mark Zuckerberg uh the fucking um guy oh uh Twitter's former CEO uh, Jack Dor Jack Mark Zuckerberg Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. all these uh oh uh even Jeff Bezos all these people Jeff Bezos who's arguably the guy who's probably doing the best job of like leveraging stuff they all still look like they're, they're, they 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 have no media training like, they, totally. they, they they have no, like, they, they can hire a, an army of publicists and stuff like that. And they still, you're right, they still don't know how to effectively, you know, swing their money around in a way that doesn't just look comical and Howard Hughes-ish. You know, like, right. it's it's all just... They're,
1: they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of in, like, this level of greed right now in the way that, like, oil barons in, like, their initial dozen years were super greedy like they're in more of a were, there will be blood mm-hmm. type of greed because they're still ascending you know and they're still doing this yeah so they're they're still they just don't they're not like institutional powers like jamie diamond's a horrible dude you know ceo of jb J. morgan chase and all this i don't know i mean i don't want to give these people credit i really don't like i shouldn't be saying that they're <laughs> good
0: they're not you you could say you know, like, they're, like, you, they're not good. None, <laughs> none of these people are good. There's just yeah. there's just things from a pure selfish standpoint that some of these people who have been in it for longer are doing that just makes more sense if you look at it from a completely right. devo- devoid of emotion. It's like like Baseline, they're evil. We all already acknowledge that. But some of them, you look at them and you yeah. just sort of like, why are you doing that?
1: Well, I guess you're just that? like criticizing <laughs> their attitude, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we are probably not going to have time to get into the second subject. Um, Danny, you want to yeah. just do that for an, a, an extra ep sometime?
0: Yeah, we should do that later. I think we've had a really good discussion today. Actually, it was pretty fluid.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think so too. So let's just, we'll talk about that in the, do like, to do a Patreon or you want to do an extra?
0: We could do an extra. I. I. I mean. Uh, I also do just want to hear what Gabe. I kind of hear what he want to hear what he says about it too. So yeah. Like, I, I mean this.
1: I, uh, yeah, folks. The part two of today. Uh, it's a it's a wild little story. I think it's worth us talking about for um more time than we than we have right now.
0: Um, yeah. Um. <clears throat> but otherwise, you know. Uh. Good discussion. Good. Uh. Good. A nice. Good. Uh. Um you know what am i getting at here uh, a nice little meal um <laughs> a nice i i i had i went to a diner for thanksgiving um and i ate some like an okay thanksgiving meal it was weird it was oh, like yeah. it, was, it was almost it was almost empty um
1: oh, was that okay was it all right
0: no it was fine i i, I enjoyed myself there was a lot of yams on the plate though. There was a, t- a huge <laughs> amount I think they they ran out of mashed potatoes and they just fucking doubled up on yams nice. for me. And they Come asked on. me like they were like do you want string beans or corn and I was like oh corn. And it was like they had unloaded an entire can of corn nice <laughs> on, on my plate. So it was, it was a goofy looking Thanksgiving, but uh yeah. We had a now, goofy
1: one as well on Thanksgiving. Uh we are in a like a bedside community group and we um just like bought a plate from someone for 15 oh, nice. bucks and just in the neighborhood and just picked it up from their apartment um really nice it was actually really 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 good uh and we just like stayed in and watched hitchcock movie i think um nice so nice yeah it was uh thanksgiving's weird man but I actually had a pretty good uh thanksgiving weekend all, all things considered um I usually, not bad not, not bad. bad not bad folks um anyways yeah. stay stay good out there um and uh thanks for listening and uh we'll we'll talk to you soon
0: yeah we'll see it we'll see you on the flippity flop
1: flippity flop my name's david bradley eisenberg my name i gotta say my full name yeah okay yeah. That's,
0: da- that's me danny Feltz. uh see you guys later all flippity- right
1: bye-bye. Bye bye bye